fam. Uh, welcome to Brosism, starring very, your very own Arthur Ramirez and Jason Frosty. Out here, just um, gonna be talking. That's about it. <laughs> so, uh, are you trying to talk about men's mental health today? I think yeah. Or I think we're gonna, gonna mental health today. We could just touch on me- like mental health. We'll weave it into like what we think that what we think that stands for for like men mm-hmm. and then we could just weave it into like a bigger picture yeah so yeah, for that the state of mental health today yeah i think i mean right off the rip i think um i remember hearing one time that back when like gun violence was like super high and like there was a school shooting like every other fucking week it felt like you know i think it still happens a lot i don't know it just doesn't get covered well i just choose to yeah, like, look away it. anytime yeah. it happens. Yeah, <laughs> look away. Ah, dude, I feel like that's a one thing with like just negative news is yeah. like I can't do anything about any of that. So it like is negatively affecting me, making me feel bad and sad and stuff, and like angry. And I yeah. just choose to like not even consume. Yeah, it. don't even put it in your vicinity of like if it's exactly what you said. If you can't affect it, but it's affecting you. Why even put that? And I hate, or I don't hate, but I used to really dislike when people would say, but you have to stay updated with what's new. I'm like, dude, there's plenty of other news to stay updated on that's actually in my vicinity that maybe I can have, maybe I can have some autonomy over, something I could control. Mm -hmm. But that big thing, like, it's, it doesn't do me any good to, it does mostly only bad. And CNN stands for constant negative news, bro. That's what it mm-hmm. fucking stands for, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, bro, there's so many things you can you can report on, but they it's always negative. It's always... It's so negative. Yeah, bro. It's, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I think... I, I mean, I think it's because that's what gets the most clicks. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, all right, well, let's just report, like, the absolute worst stuff that's happened in the world of the country today and just ha- like rank that in our priorities so like the headline is like the most like jaw-dropping thing you know yeah and then like the rest of the time or newspaper or whatever you fill with like you know the next worst thing and then the third <laughs> worst thing the fourth worst thing that yeah. happen every single day yeah it's insane that that's how like that's how the news is geared to be yeah, I know. It's kind of, honestly, yeah, it is kind of a and, mind fuck that you're like, news is associated with negative stuff. Yeah. And on top of that, um, it's not even like objectively reported. It's most of the time shifted toward one side or the other. It has some agenda, so mm-hmm. it's phrased a certain way. Um, but yeah, like the news, bro. Yeah, we don't fuck with that shit. Podcast, yeah. tell me. Yeah. Podcast, you're gonna get realer, or you have more likelihood to get real stuff via someone that doesn't really. They're just bringing you the news. Yeah, they, they don't have any agenda behind it. Maybe they might have a little bit, but it's it's more ob- objective than most of the media's that we have today. Yeah, um, like independent journalism and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's hella good shit out there, but you have to go find it. Also, what I was going to say about that, um, back when the school shootings was happening and all that shit, like, were probably still happening, but when it was, like, rampant and it was happening, like, very often, there was, um, someone said, we have a gun violence problem. No, no, no. We have a mental health problem disguised as a gun problem. And I think that still holds true today. We have a whatever problem. And that's the the surface of what's happening, but underneath that, it's a human wielding a gun. It's a human wielding whatever X Y Z tool is in front of them. So, like, if you really want to get to the nitty gritty, if you want to get to the root problem, a lot of times where it leads to is your own fucking. The mind is this be, came from the mind. This was once an idea in someone's brain. Yeah, crazy. This was an idea in someone's brain. We were a fucking not physical form at one point. We became crystallized and like everything in this room was once an idea in someone's brain yeah so mental health bro like 
I think it's a lot more talked about than it's ever been before. And I think a lot more people are giving it the emphasis that it deserves in their lives. Mm, yeah, I think we're get, going in a better direction than we have been in the past, I think. Yeah. It's interesting, like, how uh, the approach is, though, because I feel like a lot of people talk about therapy, like, oh, therapy. A lot of people are, like, therapy elitists now. Right? It's like, swipe, <laughs> swipe left if you don't go to therapy. Yeah. You know, all right. All right. Cool. Cool. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. Not to, my mom's a therapist. My landlady. Oh, really? Yeah. She works with, like, straight up psycho people, like schizophrenics, like suicidal people and stuff. I had no idea. Yeah. Damn. Um, And then Adrian's a therapist. Yeah. My landlady, but she's, she works with, like, people who pay her, like, $500 an hour. Mm. My mom gets, like, she makes less than I do. She works with psycho people, like hands on, like in the hospital. Wow. Yeah. How long has she done that for? Like my entire life. Damn, bro. Yeah, forever. That's an that, no pun intended. That's an insane job, bro. Yeah. For real. (laughs) She's like chill about it. It doesn't affect her really. I mean, I guess you have to be like, you can't let any of that enter the vessel. You know, yeah, she must have an insanely good job at like keeping that out, keeping herself like, yeah, I've never met her, so I don't really know. But like to be in that field for as long as she has, you have to keep the outside outside and the inside inside. Yeah, you can't have any weak boundaries. Yeah. But at the same time, she's not like a she's like insanely nice and friendly and stuff. True. And like super sweet and kind. Like, so, you know. Like, I've interacted with, like, doctors or, like, vets in particular who, like, you know, they're, like, being all professional and, like, you know, the type that's, like, I'm here to tell you you have cancer. Here are your options. Like, see you later, you know? Like, we had to, we had to, like, put down a puppy we got. And, like, I'm on the phone with the vet. And they're, like, yeah, here are your options. And I'm, like, what do I do? It's the best thing. Like, we don't know what to do. And she's just, like here are your options, like, this is a, like, this is what happened if we do this, this will be this, and it's gonna cost you 10,000 bucks to have, like, a 50-50 chance of, like, having a dog that has, like, brain issues for the rest of your life. Oh my god. And you're just, like, you can't just, like, be on the phone with me, like, have some empathy. That's extremely mechanical. Yeah. So, I don't know what the point of that is, necessarily, but, um, yeah, like there's some doctors that are going to go above and beyond and they're going to be like compassionate at the very least. Yeah. Like just show a little bit of empathy yeah. in what they're doing. Yeah. But there's some doctors, like you said, are going to be extremely mechanical and just like, listen, kid, your dog's fucking halfway to heaven as we speak. He's walking there right now. You're yeah. Like, How old were you? Uh, like it was like, like a year ago yeah like a, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. a year and a half ago all right yeah oh but, wait the dog that you told me about i think well we had like one dog that i grew up with and then we got like a puppy basically to replace it and then the puppy ate some unknown substance Damn. and then um yeah i had to freaking my parents took it to the vet and then it like the condition got like worse overnight or whatever so then, like, in the morning, they're like, oh, well, we can, like, do some plasma transfusion or something. Yeah. It's going to cost you, like, 10000 dollars and then it'll still have, like, a 50-50 chance of living. And you're like, is your job to save my dog or just make money? Like. Mostly the latter one. Yeah. Unfortunately. Like, it, it, like you're, you literally have the tools to save this dog's life, and then you're just like, 10000 bucks insane yeah it's just like sitting there in a cabinet oh uh yeah i hate that anyways (laughs) bring that back to therapy i guess you can have like some good therapist and some yeah therapist i've been thinking about i kind of have been therapizing if that's even a word i think it is but i don't know i would just say i've been therapisting (laughs) therapisting i've been therapisting through i've been doing it to myself lately like i've been going on youtube and typing in 
um, I don't know, just like symptoms that I have or whatever it is. And then I've been watching videos on it and kind of taking notes on my own self and my own life, my own upbringing, thinking back on my childhood, thinking about how it's affecting me to, to this day, kind of. What are your symptoms? Dude, I didn't realize I did this until I realized I did this. Is I, and it happened when I was on Molly, actually, recently, like a, on New Year's Eve. If I'm in an uncomfortable situation, I completely dissociate. Like I pull out of my body and my body is obviously still there and like I'm still kind of maneuvering my way around, but I'm so separated from reality and from like my body. And I think what it what um the video that I watched on YouTube said that it usually is from is that if you were a kid and you were in an unsafe environment or like a abusive environment which I kind of was a little bit, but I don't really remember. My mom just tells me like, oh, it was like kind of bad. And that's why I knew I had to like do stuff to like separate you. But um, dissociating is like a way of like getting out of that traumatic situation. So if there's any unsafe environment that you're in as a kid, you'll dissociate and then you'll like pull yourself out of it um, in an effort to basically like protect yourself. You're doing it to protect uh, yourself from like feeling pain or feeling whatever it is and I realize that I kind of still do that like to some capacity I do it a little bit and it depends so it depends on what this what the situation is and that'll de- uh, that'll kind of like measure the degree of how badly it happens but when I was on Molly when I was on drugs and I was like in an uncomfortable situation out there I like really disassociated. Like I wasn't even really there. I wasn't it I used to think like, oh, it's just that I'm not present, I'm not mindful, but those things do help me. But there's an underlying cause of like why does this happen? And I, I I'm starting to like pull at that thread and starting to get to what that cause actually is. And I'm like, oh okay, this is like more this is beyond just being mindful or being present. It's like it's trauma infused and informed and I have to get to the root of it if I want to address actually what's happening. Is that what the YouTube videos say? Uh yeah. Yeah, they kinda say like this is a trauma response and it's probably most likely a response that you had as a kid because you didn't feel safe and then you like separated yourself. That was the only way to like protect yourself was to like remove yourself from what was happening. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, dude. I didn't realize I was doing it. You know? Yeah. But now now that I'm aware of it, now I'm like a lot more conscious of trying to like not do it. Or when I do do it, like just allow myself to kind of give myself the permission to be like that way. Yeah. So like if you identify the root cause, then how does that help? I guess I could kind of like mend it, ideally, but I don't know how, I don't know how that really works. Yeah, because that's like the whole point of therapy. Yeah. Kind of is like just having like long, deep conversation, be like, oh yeah, it's because when I was a kid, I was touched or whatever, and then you're like, oh, that's why this. But like, I don't really know what you do with that information necessarily. I think it's like um, maybe it could be like some sort of cathartic release, and then you can like. It like is you don't exhibit symptoms i, I guess or whatever but. i think how i tend to think of it and how i've heard a friend talk about it in the past before is that if you think of yourself as like a vessel of like let's say just a pipeline and the pipeline is it's always flowing it's all you're always breathing and you're always alive so the pipe is it has a network going through it so that's not in question Maybe I'm broken, maybe I'm not right, maybe, no. The pipe, you are a vessel, and you flow correctly. That's not in question. What is in question is that maybe there's gunk that was accumulated on the pipe, and there's, like, rust, and there's, like, uh, maybe there's a leaky pipe or something or whatever, and, like, it's, it's in some of the life force, some of the water, 
is like spewing out but your job is not is just to like clean that vessel take out the rust the trauma of uh of our childhoods or whatever and to just just make it as clean as possible the pipe is good the water is flowing but if there's any accumulation your job is to clean that or deal with it or whatever the fuck and that will allow for more easy just flowing mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah what about this i've had this theory um like a few months ago where i was like i feel like a default mode of the brain is to be worrying about something mm. so it's like it's just whatever like happened to you most recently that you like haven't accepted or like is the most um like painful or whatever mm-hmm. you know like if some if you just got broken up with recently like that's going to be on your mind heavy then that's all you can think about yeah and then like if you're in some like dormant period of your life where nothing like bad is really going on you like can get cut off in traffic and then you're like ah oh, fuck that driver and fuck being in LA and then that's what you're worrying about cuz i always like like when i go on a hike or something like that's probably when i'm most like I have like the most like internal clarity if I'm mm. by myself because I'm like oh there's always some I feel like I check back in with myself in a way and I'm like I'm worrying about this today and I'm worrying about this today and then I'm like the problems I had 10 years ago are nothing compared to like I don't even give a shit about any of that like it doesn't doesn't <laughs> are non-problems so they just like go away yeah but then when you go to therapy you're like oh I'm fucking this is what I've been worrying about lately and then the therapist goes like oh let me like ask you like certain questions that'll like lead you down some deeper yeah. train of thinking or whatever some like rabbit hole and then you're like oh you know i got fucking bullied when i was a kid and now i'm like this and then they're like all right we identified the root cause and like <laughs> you know congratulations now, give me ten thousand dollars yeah i know congratulations i was like two hundred dollars for an hour yeah. and then but then like you just and then the, the next week you're like oh this week i'm worrying about this yeah there was actually then, a podcast that i listened to recently not to cut you off by the way if you're gonna keep going. i don't know well it's just like there's just so like you scrape the pipes or whatever yeah but then you just move on to like the next pipe the next week it's true so or it's, like you get you get that gunk back in the same place like you just scraped it off but then i think a lot of times too what happens is that we unconsciously put those we allow that gunk to be there in some way shape or form we like allow it to be there yeah or we magnetize it to be there in a certain way yeah and i think um uh, actually tony robbins was talking about it on theo vaughn's podcast oh yeah i saw that i saw like the thumbnail but i didn't watch it yeah dude it, it's i saw fire, bro. i started like i'm like 15 minutes into theo... oh, that's where that's where i'm at too like oh, about... not that one. Oh, okay uh, sean theo strickland Vaughn was on oh okay. uh matt and shane secret podcast like okay. shane gillis yeah yeah, yeah I'll, I'll 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 check it out yeah i've only gotten like 15 minutes but it's a good crossover that's lit that's lit um but tony robbins is saying <clears throat> oh yeah he was saying that okay bro this study is actually wild it's really fucking cool so they uh i think they measured like a hundred something people and <clears throat> what they did is they went to a mall or some public place and they had they had like people that were in the in the study walk up to random people so they didn't know they were in a study mm-hmm. and the people from the study either had a hot coffee or an iced coffee and they walk up to a random person and they say hey can you hold this for a second and the person's like uh sure it's like and they hold it and they're either holding again a hot coffee or an iced coffee and they say whatever da, 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 on the phone da, da, da. they're like oh, okay thank you i'll take that back they leave and then like probably however amount of time later another person comes in and they're like hey can i like read you a quick story really uh and i'll pay you 20 dollars." and the person says okay and so now they're reading a story and 81 out of those 100 people the first time they only got hot coffee right 81 out of those 100 people read the story and said this character 
sounds very warm and endearing and i like this character the people uh, another 100 people uh 80 out of those 100 so just off by one the people that got the cold coffee mm -hmm. they read the exact same story bro the exact same story and they're like this character seems kind of cold seems kind of like off-putting i don't really like him mm -hmm. and what that's what that is saying is that if you just it's random if you get a hot or a cold day kind of sometimes you can't really control what you get in but if you're react if you're reactory if you're basically reacting to like whatever you get mm -hmm. on a random day and you're just like oh it's cold today oh it's hot today then you're at the will of whatever the fuck happens to you you're just at the you're just whatever nature does is just gonna make you lean a certain way on that day but what tony robbins is trying to teach and say is that fuck that because like you'll be at the will of whatever the hell is going on in the world a war a protest um famine whatever the hell it is whatever freaking negative news they throw at you yeah and then you're you're gonna become the iced coffee or you're gonna become the warm coffee whatever the hell is happening mm -hmm. he started talking about basically like he primes his nervous system to not be reactor reacting to whatever the outside is and that's like a process that he does every morning so um i think that's kind of like him cleaning his pipes every day he's making sure that he he stays like a vessel open to like he practices gratitude every morning but instead of writing down three things that he's grateful for in the morning he instead is like okay it's the difference between thinking about being on a roller coaster or literally putting yourself like on the roller coaster when you're just about to go over the edge and you're looking down and you get that feeling in your body that's the type of gratitude you want to practice you don't want to just write it down because it's it's a picture of a roller coaster you want the feeling in your belly of when you're about to go over the edge that's the difference of putting that in your body constantly so your body starts to be like oh we know this feeling and we're trying to latch onto this feeling whenever we can well, like we're primed to look for it does that make sense yeah but it's hard because like i'm right now i think what you're saying is like it's easier we're primed to look at the negatives for a lot of stuff to worry to to find a problem where there isn't a problem because there's that's what we're geared towards right now yeah we're geared by constant propaganda that's what it is propaganda and i think that geared us to be a certain way the way that we are right now but that doesn't have to be the way yeah what's his gratitude practice um he i think he said it's like 10 minutes every morning it was like three minutes for something three minutes for something else three minutes for something else and i forget how he said it i i have to watch it again but basically the idea is that you don't want to just think about it you want to invite the feeling in your body again the roller coaster example you don't want to just think about the last time you were on a roller coaster yeah. you want to be on the roller coaster you want to think about when you're over the edge yeah type shit yeah well there is a like loving kindness meditation have you heard of that yeah you yeah. have a stupid name no offense but <laughs> it's just like come on call it something cooler you know yeah. but like it's basically you think uh i think there's there's a few different ways but i think like you can start with yourself and have love for yourself and then you start with your parents and your like very close family yeah and maybe do one at a time or whatever i don't know and then basically you like think of them and like you can think of them like at their happiest moment ever you know yeah and just like think of that and like think of how you felt when they felt like that way and just kind of like put yourself in that position and then just like imagine them being like as happy as you've ever seen them and then like wish that upon them and like see like just in uh visualize that you know yeah and like do that for a few minutes and then like do that for each person or whatever and then you could like do yourself do your close family do like your friends do like your that you like you know as the years and weeks whatever go by and then you move on to like your community and then like your town and then your country and then the world after five years or whatever it's pretty cool yeah but so that's why one way i guess you can like instill gratitude yeah. and that helps with like because then also like 
you start doing the visualization of people that you like hate and like dislike and stuff or people they've had issues with yeah so then you can like love them even though they hate you or whatever yeah love thy enemy that's what the homie yeshua was trying to put us on i was just reading my bible a little bit this morning at the park nice i've been i've been opening dude i think there's a dude named yeah damien eccles and he is like a magician but not like a magician like oh but a magician a magician like up here oh yeah he practices higher magic mm-hmm. and he says that um these holy holy scriptures a lot of them have like imbued esoteric knowledge into it but you just have to be able to recognize what the words are saying beneath the words the energy of what the message is like beneath the message mm-hmm. and yeah bro like all that shit when you read the bible you're like holy fuck bro like there's a lot in there mm-hmm. there's definitely a lot in there but um back to mental health yes um i was going to say earlier like therapy all right, so you identify the root cause, and then you have a new problem every week, maybe a new problem every few months or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, like, your therapist is laughing on the way to the bank. But, like, <laughs> uh, so I feel like a lot of people these days, like, they'll talk about therapy and say it's, like, the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, better help or something. Yeah. Please sponsor the podcast. Better help. But better like, help slash broicism yeah for 10 percent off no not actually but um, but like i've heard like so i don't know how that works but i've heard like some friends will go to therapy and then their therapist like brushes some stuff off that was like still bothering them mm. so you're like all right that's clearly unhelpful yeah and then like they just try to i feel like you're just trying to like the i've been to therapy like at ucla and they gave you like six free sessions. I think I went to like five of them. Mm. And like, I felt like the dude was, I feel like I was answering my own questions and I already knew all the answers because the guy was like, oh, you have good instincts and all this stuff. And I felt like we were just like destined to go to talking about my parents, you know? And then like, I was just like playing a part in a way. And it was just like, I was just working myself up kind of as I'm sitting there. Just, yeah. like, trying to evoke that type of reaction from yourself in a way. But it didn't, like, su- really feel super genuine. Mm. And um, and then, like, you know, maybe it has to be, like, the right therapist. But yeah. I don't know. Some people, like, they say it's, like, a lifelong thing. You got to go to therapy, like, for 20 years or whatever. I'm like, bro, that's so much money. A lot like, of time, a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, I've... If a therapist session is a hundred dollars for for once a week, which I think is on the low end these days, yeah, I guess so like, it'd be like thirty six thousand a year. Wait, fifty two thousand. Huh? Once a week. Oh, a week, a week. Yeah. Wait. Oh no, five hundred. Wait. What did yeah, fifty. A hundred dollars. Yeah. Hundred dollars like 5, a day. Fifty two hundred a week a year. Yeah. So like, yeah, so between like five to ten thousand a year for That's twenty wild. years. Damn. That's like two million dollars or something. I think I gotta become a therapist now. Dude, for real. That's what Adrian did. She just got her marriage and family therapist license. Uh-huh. And she, like, had a previous career. But she did that. She's like, how can I make some money? And she, like, worked. And it's all on Zoom, too. People are paying her, like, a couple hundred dollars an hour to sit on the Zoom for an hour. No way. Yeah. Damn, okay. She got it made. So yeah. she, she just, like, chills for in her, in her house? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um... She go. She used to do it in person. Yeah, I remember she told me that uh, when I used to live here. She's like, I used to drive hella far, but oh yeah, now she's like chilling. Yeah, so like, there's that, and then it's like, um, yeah, I don't know. And everybody's different too. So like, what if I have like some fat ass therapist, and I'm like trying to talk about their issues, and they never recommend to like go for a run or something. The therapist I had at UCLA, he was like, oh, the number one thing I ask students is if they exercise and, like, get good sleep and stuff. It's so, like, shout out to that guy. But, like, yeah, that's the thing about therapy. I'm like, all right, so today's mental age, renaissance, whatever, everybody goes to therapy, but then they're all fat and on their phone all day and on TikTok and shit. So I'm like, 
So you're not exercising, you're on your phone and on Netflix all night, so you're not sleeping. Mm-hmm. You're fucking hitting your vape all the time. They're just telling you to take fucking whatever drug. Fucking... Yeah, take this antidepressant. Yeah, and then, you know, I'm a stoner, don't get me wrong, but how people, how society, America, you know, U.S. today, like, how society perceives weed, it's just, like, nauseating. It's hella cringy. And, like, all the people you see at the dispensary are all, like, fat and pale as fuck. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, and, you know, people are like, oh, I gotta, like, take it to calm my anxiety and stuff. I'm like, so you just, like, pop an edible, sit on your couch, eat a pizza to yourself and watch Netflix all night, and you don't have anxiety because you're high. Like, maybe you should have anxiety. Yeah. Because you need to get off your ass. Dude, that's a fair point. Your body is, like, screaming at you to get off your ass, and you're just numbing it with weed. Yeah, that's, like, bro, weed... drug you take. Weed always, like, gives it to me right in my face, like, what I have to do. Yeah. And then after, like, a trip on an edible, or, like, if I get high, I'm like, okay, I have more motivation in the morning to, like, get after what I need to get after. I think it's the type of person, because if you're naturally the type of person who wants to better yourself which, like, you obviously are, then, like, the weed is going to bring that to the mm, forefront. I see what you're saying, yeah. And because that's why people have bad trips is because their anxieties come to the forefront when they were trying to suppress them. Because yeah. they were just trying to, like, if you take weed, you're just trying to chill. If you take mushrooms, you're just trying to see purple and green and shit. If your anxieties come to the surface, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then that's what is characterized as a bad trip in a lot of senses. Mm-hmm. And so, like... um, yeah, if you're like a lazy person, then maybe the weed will give you a bad trip and make you face reality for a second. But I think if you're taking it for the purpose of numbing your anxiety and stuff, and you just take the right strain and take the right in dose and stuff, then you can numb yourself too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what a lot of people do. I like the set and the setting too. If you have a movie and a pizza in front of you. <laughs> Bro, that used to be, honestly, I think that was a lot of people in college. Like, I was hella fun. Yeah, it was. But you fucking, can't do that throughout your adult life. You, you can't. Know? Yeah, you can't. Like you got to pick and choose what, what stays in your life that you're still doing that you know you shouldn't be doing. You're like, all right, every now and again, like. But if you're yeah. doing it constantly, yeah, you're only gonna spiral. Like you're gonna corkscrew yourself deeper and deeper in that little cesspool of like negative emotion. Yeah. Then you're gonna be like, oh, it was a bad trip. I'm like, dude, your room is a bad trip. Yeah. <laughs> you're fucking. Yeah. But yeah, so I feel like. Um, I feel like everybody naturally has is, has anxiety and it just manifests in different ways. Yeah. So like I think a lot of anxiety is because we have like this ultra comfortable life and we're not like running from predators and we're not like foraging for food where our bodies aren't being stressed at all by the the elements. Dude, I used to have um I had a nightmare one time where the nightmare was literally me lying in bed with a blanket on, the heater on, a bag of che- Cheetos in front of me, or a bowl of it, actually. Mm-hmm. And I was just watching, like, reality TV. And I was just <sighs> numb as fuck. Yeah. Too comfortable. Yeah. You know, like, there is... It, it's easy to say, but it's, a, it's another thing entirely to live it. There's beauty and there's good in being uncomfortable, struggling. Yeah. Like, fucking challenge yourself. Yeah, you don't want to be too comfortable. Yeah. I've been waking up in the morning and just, like, working out. Nice. Immediately, like, planks, push-ups, squats. Nice. Not a lot, but just enough to, like, get my, my blood flowing. And, yeah. dude, it makes such a... Yeah, it makes a, a massive difference. fucking... Yeah. yeah. Even, insane. like, five, ten minutes of moving your body. Yeah, that's I, all I do. I do ten minutes. Yeah. I notice it because if I go on a run in the morning before I walk to work, the walk after the run, my body's loose. I'm feeling good yeah. when i don't go for a run and i walk to work i'm like hella stiff at first yeah you, you know? look like you look like a a, a a robot trying to be human yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah like i think a lot of anxiety that's where that comes from it's not because you know like you didn't your parents weren't rich enough or whatever bro even and if like, your parents are rich like a lot of times i see my mom unfortunately sees a lot of that and because she works right here at ucla hospital mm-hmm. And so she tells me that she sees a lot of kids come in for psychiatric, like, emergencies. Yeah. And they're, like, rich little 12-year-olds and 10-year-olds that are... Then the worst part, bro, imagine this. Not shitting on any of this, but at the same time, just 
kind of saying something that usually not a lot of people can say. Imagine tricking a f- dude. Imagine okay, at ten and thirteen, around that age, there is so many things changing physically. Puberty's hitting. Mentally, you're trying to form an identity. Um, socially, you're trying to fit in. All these things are just on a high wire, high alert. Yeah. They're churning. And then throw in another fucking thing in the mix. Am I a boy or a girl? What's what what do I who who am I like sexually? That you that never used to be a thing before. And kudos, like whatever, man, like let it be what it is, but I think, and my mom used to say this before, and I was like, mom, you can't say that. But now I kind of agree with her a lot more. I don't think... I don't think kids should be exposed to that level of, like... mm, They already have a lot on their plate. They don't have to have another thing for them to think about and try to form Mm. at that moment, at that time. If you want to start thinking about that later when you're 18, 25, 30... When you're more formed, you have a frontal lobe that's fully developed. Mm-hmm. When you have more of an idea of what like what it means to be, like those questions don't really mean anything at that point. They mean more when you when you start to form more of yourself and more of your identity. Yeah. At that time, bro, you should not be asking those. If they do, if they are on your plate, ask somebody that is older and that like knows more. Yeah. But like a TikToker online telling you that you might be in the wrong body. Dude, imagine telling someone that at that age, having that idea, I might be in the wrong body. <clears throat> sends you into a fucking another dimension. Yeah. You know? It sucks. But um that's all to say that like, yeah, there's a lot of kids that are that are struggling right now, bro. Kids are Dude, yeah. I couldn't even imagine growing up at in this time period, bro. bro. It would be that's so different. I'm, that's why I'm hella hesitant about having a kid. Dude, I feel like the world is just getting worse and worse and worse in so many different ways. That's real. I mean, yeah, everything's negative on the news, but I'm around people, like, I'll see people every day, like, go to the gym, go, like, to work, go out in public, wherever the fuck. Like, bro, at any given moment in a public area, literally 80% minimum people are like this on their phone, whether they're with people or not. You're just like, what the fuck is happening? What is happening? Dude, we're all just like this. Like, you know what's crazy is that like it happens so seamlessly. Yeah. That we don't even really when we do catch it, when we do wake up and we see it around us. Yeah. Like, how do we get here? Yeah. But when it's just happening, it's so easy to go along with like the rush of the river of like where things are just taking us. Yeah. Again, to that fucking iced coffee thing. Like, if you don't determine how you want to feel in your ner- with your nervous system yeah. and with your own the autonomy that you hold in your own vessel the outside will tell you how to feel and how to act True. how to think yeah you know that's a yeah like yeah freaking so i feel like if um people meditated then like um or i don't e- know or even if people just were a little bit more like uh I think what you were saying was hella fucking true. Like, how many people take an edible and, like, do yoga or, like, clean their room? Like, when I get high, bro, I want to clean my room. I want to stretch my body. Yeah. I want to take a warm shower and, like, really, like, soak in it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to eat a fucking greasy ass. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, bro. Dude, or, like, hella sugary. Like, yeah. I remember the last time I got high and, like, you know, I used to, like, they have a healthy food, but obviously you can access unhealthy food. So, like... You get like a personal pizza and like a burrito or a, a brownie with like ice cream on top. You know, it'd be like some <laughs> meal swipes. And you, get that, you get that when you're stoked. You're like, oh, it's gonna be the best. And then yeah. you're just like, halfway through it, I'm like, you're like, what am I? This isn't even good. And then you just like finish it and you're just like, oh, yeah, you're conked. You're just, yeah. you know what's funny, bro? Like, in the, to bring up the fucking Bible again, being a good Christian boy. The enemies of humanity don't wear flesh or blood. They don't. They don't wear it. The enemies of humanity are principalities, 
and their um their wickedness in spiritual realms is what what the bible says mm -hmm. and then jesus identifies them and says these are the seven deadly sins to avoid greed wrath pride lust envy sloth and then number seven gluttony and i was like how is eating a lot gonna how is eating a lot a deadly sin mm -hmm. but i tell people exactly the story that you said eat a whole fucking pizza eat a brownie with ice cream mm -hmm. and then try to be close to god mm -hmm. you can't it's gonna be hard because yeah. you're fucking you feel nasty in your vessel yeah. you know yeah and i and that is when it finally made sense to me why that's a deadly sin before then i didn't know why eating a lot would be a sin yeah people would tell me like oh because other people won't have food other people in the world don't have food and if you eat a lot it's less for them I'm like me eating my plate or not won't it's not gonna get shipped over to like fucking like the middle east or africa or whatever wherever the fuck yeah but me putting too much food in my body is gonna lower my vibration is gonna make me feel shitty yeah and then that's a sin to yourself you know yeah. so i think yeah when i get high i don't want to do that i want to get high and i want to sit in a fucking jacuzzi or like i want to like smoke a J and like move my body and just like massage myself you yeah know? yeah i know either like smoke weed and use that to get to like the next level of um you know like your self-care practice yeah. that's one thing bro self-care is some bullshit how a lot of people see it <laughs> i'll Respectfully. hold that for a second yeah <laughs> but like yeah like if you smoke weed and that enables you to like have a greater mind body connection when you work out or do yoga then that's mm. like that's extra brownie points there yeah if it helps you like meditate better um or like have better sex or be like have like a really fun time on a friday night like you can use it where it's like takes it to the next level yeah and you like have a more peak experience with whatever you're doing yeah. but if you just are doing it to just like numb yourself then you're gonna take that peak in the opposite way and you're just gonna yeah like and then you're, you're gonna, gonna crawl yourself back out of that and then yeah. bro i've seen friends like i've seen friends like get high and just like be in their bed like covered in crumbs of whatever they just yeah. ate and i'm like you okay like yeah like, yeah i'm fine I'm like okay yeah um or <laughs> smoke weed after you worked out and studied and did all your shit so then you can like really it's like a treat like, rest on your laurels be like, oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like you day. i used to do that in college i used to drink coffee and be wired and get after all i had to do and like fucking crank out all my work and my essays and da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. then at night i would come back have a bowl already pre-packed before i left mm -hmm. and like just rip it and be like like today was a good day yeah so you're rewarded yeah yeah it was like cracking a beer but in a different way yeah you but know? better but better but that's higher what, oh, dude that's one thing for mental health like weed versus alcohol yeah um i feel like you know neither are solutions to your problems you mm -hmm. know what i mean maybe if you're like suffering from chronic pain then and if weed helps i guess yeah but true. um alcohol definitely doesn't help and it usually does more harm than good Mm -hmm. like weed is less harmful to your body overall and like i think it's more i mean unless you're like smoking like blunt after blunt yeah but for the most part if you just take like a couple puffs that's uh, where i'm at these days like i just need a i need like a puff two puffs yeah like every now and again i take a fucking with the like if i have a, a dab pen yeah you know what it means to like take a blinker uh yeah yeah like when you rip it until it blinks yeah right? I think you told me about that. Every now and again, I'll do that, and I'll just fucking lie in bed, and I'll yeah. just like have this Brain like blast. yeah, this like internal fucking, I guess like story happen. Yeah, you know. But yeah, yeah. That <laughs> alcohol has never cured anything. Mm -mm. If anything, it just like helps you have a little bit more fun. Yeah, but. I'm all, I don't know. But then there's anxiety if you drink too much and stuff. Mm -hmm. So you're like hungover and you feel like shit. Well, that's a, that's a bigger theme, theme I was going to say when you said like feeling nasty in your, in your vessel. I feel like uh, I started doing endurance sports. You know, like I did like cross country and stuff like when I was in starting like 
early middle school, late elementary school. Mm-hmm. I feel like getting into that at a young age was really good because I remember I would eat a fuck ton of like cake or whatever and then try to go for a run after and yeah. then yak. And then you realize at that point <laughs> you're like, that's when the self-awareness between how food makes your body feel begins. And then you get to the point now where it's like, if I eat something fried, yeah. like everybody feels, I would say like, most people after they eat something fried or like some nasty uh, wheat, pasta, some shit like that, you know, like pasta stuff like in the U.S. Because in Italy, it's different. They don't put like some chemicals in their wheat that makes you like more gluten intolerant or whatever. But so like you eat food like that and then your like stomach is all bloated and you feel all gnarled up and shit. And most people are like, ah, oh, whatever. They're just driving home and they're just like, yeah, they're whatever. Like, oh, I and, too much. Yeah, like, and they just take like a nasty shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but then like once you eat lots of if you like eat consistently healthy for long periods of time and then you're like more you have a like more connections between like your mind and your body you know so you can like tell when something's off and like you can notice yeah. like what's going on like through meditation and yoga and um exercise recovery whatever but so then yeah like you just be like random but like ah oh, whatever i just ate hella food i feel like shit but like you brush it to the side and watch tv or drive or whatever but then if you're like if you yeah are super healthy and you eat something like that you're just like oh fuck like i cannot do that again mm. and then you don't like you do it less and less because like you become you associate that more and more with the negative repercussions mm. and then you're like ah no nah, i don't want to i don't want to do that i know what's yeah. at the end of it yeah so then your body feels like shit and then like it's the you know the vice versa is true too like when you exercise you feel good after like when you do yoga you feel amazing after when you meditate you feel refreshed mm-hmm. when you get a good night's sleep you feel hella good obviously so then like when you go out you don't fucking feel great and then you yeah. waste an entire other day usually yeah like, trying to recover yeah yeah and like when you have a when you waste a day like that means you like lay in bed and you either are just like numbing yourself with your screen mm-hmm. or you're having like negative thoughts or both yeah probably most likely both yeah so then i mean the second you turn off your screen you'll have negative thoughts and you're like fuck so then yeah so you're either numbing yourself all day and like losing your brain cells and yeah, wasting right. your life or you're just laying there like fuck phone addiction is real yeah no doubt about it every every group of people can get hooked on it too yeah like my grandma bro she she's on facebook until like three in the morning yeah dude but then also it's like it's not just like you're watching like scooby-doo you're on there like the world is ending a nuclear bomb just went off thousands of people murdered school shooting (laughs) uh everybody i know from high school is having the most fun ever on vacation they're all rich and i'm a loser yeah i'm a loser i'm a loser i'm a loser the world's ending i'm a loser the world's ending i'm a loser that's really then a cat cat video and you're like oh a little bit of dopamine just keep me going Uh uh-huh uh-huh porn (laughs) and then you're like bro everything is trying to extract like extract your fucking attention give you just enough dopamine to keep you in the slot and keep you fucking going and then also at the end of it, excrete some fucking life force out of you. Yeah. AKA fucking your entire day. Yeah. Maybe some Simone, some Simon. Yeah. yeah. You know? And uh um, when you should have been building up your life force by like being outside and going yeah, going for a run, going yeah. for a walk, even yeah. like I actually a lot of times like I tell my friends, like recently I, I hung out with um one of my homegirls and she was like, Oh, I'm kind of in a in a rut right now. I'm like I get you i was there like a week ago like after i rolled and did a bunch of drugs and partied my ass off yeah for in the name of new year's and yeah mm-hmm. and i was like why the fuck do we have to bring it Dude, in everybody way? i know has had a they have like a new, new year's depression yeah that's it's crazy, real dude literally people go out get like crazy plaster on new year's eve and so the first day of the year it's you a wasted end- day yeah. and they have they feel like shit i told everybody i'm like you can't get lower than this it's only up from here <laughs> But, like, ideally, you don't want to, like, like you yeah. want to, like, have steady. Yeah. I, bro, in my best state, on my best days, like, I'm just in a neutral whereabouts of 
a neutral state of mind yeah i don't get too high i don't get too low i'm just like what a blessing though bro for real i've had days where just i mean we've all had like just everything all the shit hits the fan bro on the day that i learned like my first dog died i fucking my motorcycle engine damn near like like the fucking i went over some bump and the chain flew off and smacked the side of the engine it could have been my leg like i was like was lucky you're not your leg you would have been fucked I go to fucking rip through my muscle. Damn. Because it fucking punched a hole in the side of the engine and the oil started shooting out and stuff. What? Bro? My leg was like right there. Like it easily could have just moved. Yeah. The chain's like goes all the way there. Like if it broke like one link back maybe then. Yeah. So like that. That's well, top G. Yeah. I'm lucky for that. But that still was ass. <laughs> yeah. And then like I called my mom trying to see if I could get like AAA from her to get towed. And then she's like, oh, then your dog died. And then I was like. She slipped it in right there? Yeah, because that was the first time I had called her in a bit. Oh, okay. And she didn't want to call me because I was at my friend's wedding. Mm. You know, like on vacation kind of, so. Was this one you, you were like up at in Seattle? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so there's like days like that. Um, you know, and just like even the days following that sucked, you know, trying to like cope and accept it and stuff. Yeah. But then if you have a day where, like, nothing goes wrong, you're safe and sound, your family's safe and sound, you have a bed to sleep in, like, you're just chilling, you can either be, like, fucking, you know, like, worrying about whatever is the highest on your worry priority list. Yeah. You know, like, whether it's, like, the news you saw or somebody cutting you off or whatever. Like, you could be thinking about that or you just be like, ah, fuck, I'm just chilling. Like, yeah. That's gratitude. Perspective. So. Yeah perspective gratitude um there was something else i was gonna say oh it's actually underrated to kind of like see those days as w's as wins when nothing went wrong like yeah i I get how people can get lulled into like a daze oh bro i just learned this actually okay weekdays weekend weekdays right Mm -hmm. w e a k week D A Z E days. Most people are in a week days. Yeah. And they're just trying to get to Friday. Yeah. They're living their lives with quite desperation. Yeah, bro. Dude, that's a bro, shout out to Thoreau. That's we talked about that I think in episode one. Thoreau said most men are living lives of quiet desperation. Yeah. They're just yeah, getting through the week. On that note too, bro, it is the time that I need to get to my next class, unfortunate. But I'm down to this is a good topic to keep on yeah. Building off of. Yeah, for you know, sure. I'm down to keep going off of this one. Alright, sounds good. Later, y'all. All right, later. Stay smooth. Check us out.